What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to discuss that series against the San Francisco Giants. Brandon Fott's best start of his season on Mother's Day. Discuss Dominic Fletcher and his hot start to his rookie campaign. And preview the next series against the Oakland A's. All on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked On Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And... For today's podcast, I am back at home in the state of Arizona. No more Hawaii podcasts. That means the audio and video quality will be back up to par. No more in and out with the audio. I apologize. I know it was choppy. I know it wasn't the best, but now we're back to giving you guys the best possible quality when it comes to doing these podcasts. And I want to talk about this series against the San Francisco Giants because the D-backs took three out of four against their NL West rival San Francisco Giants. And the D-backs team looked really good doing it because we talked about how this Giants team has been a thorn in this D-backs side since I've taken over the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. The D-backs from 2020 to 2021 had a below 500 record against the Giants. But then last season, I think they, <laughs> I, I'm doing it off the top of my head, I think the D-backs had one game oh i think the d-backs were one game above the giants one game above 500 against the giants last season now this year so far they're three out of four against the san francisco giants i think the d-backs only play the giants one more time at home it's september later this year and the d-backs did a few good things in this series to take three out of four against the Giants. And the first thing that I want to hit on that was really good by this D-backs team was the rotation. Their starting pitchers were really good in this series because Tommy Henry in game one, we can't forget because the D-backs did lose game one, but it wasn't because of Tommy Henry because I think he was the first non-Zach Allen pitcher this season to pitch into the seventh inning. Maybe the first non-Zach Allen Merrill Kelly pitcher, but he was one of the first pitchers for this D-backs team, not named Zach Allen, to pitch into the seventh. And he went six and two-thirds, two earned runs, and he looked really good. And now that's back-to-back quality starts for Tommy Henry. And he's someone that has done a, a very fine job replacing Massive Bumgarner, keeping the D-backs in these ball games, And that's what you needed when he was called up as that replacement. And he's done just a fine job there. You also had Zach Gallon, of course, pitching. He was phenomenal in his start. He went into the seventh as well. I believe he he I believe Gallon was six and two thirds 
with a couple of earned runs as well. Six strikeouts. Actually, he was seven and two-thirds, my mistake, pitching to the eighth inning. Gallon, of course, phenomenal. And then on Sunday, on Mother's Day, you had Brandon Fott, who has been struggling. His first two starts of his major league career. This is someone that had a lot of tantalizing talent and someone that every D-backs fan was super excited to get to see get called up and something that we anticipated the whole year. And Brandon Fott, through his first two starts, was not good. Not a quality pitcher, but... In Sunday's game against the Giants, it was the best start of the season for Fott, who struck out the side in the first inning, and his command just seemed to be better than it ever was in any of the previous starts. He was able to go five innings, only gave up one hit, and you look at his splits, I mean, against righties, he was staying away, away. He was going down a lot against lefties, and he was able to get five strikeouts. His command overall looked pretty good. He did struggle a little bit in the fourth inning. He gave up that home run to Conforto, but I don't think it was a terrible pitch. A lot of those Giants batters were battling against Brandon Fott, and in that at-bat, I think it was on the ninth pitch that Conforto did hit that home run. Brandon Fott did walk two batters after that, looked a little bit out of control, looked a little flustered, was starting to lose a little bit. Brent Strom came out, talked to him, calmed him down. He was able to get out of it. Do want to see Brandon Fott go a little bit deeper into ball games, but it was a nice mix of Brandon Fott. It wasn't super fastball heavy and dominant. 48% of the time he threw that four-seamer. He had that sweeper mixed in, change-up curveball. Just an overall nice effort for Brandon Fott, who also saw his velocity tick up a little bit on that sweeper, on that curveball. Look at the exit velocity on those pitches, elite stuff. 76-mile-an-hour exit velocity on his fastball, 55 on the sweeper, 73 on the curveball for an average, or excuse me, I was giving you the minimums. <laughs> That's a really bad job by me. But all you have to know is the average exit velocity on all Brandon Fott's pitches in mother on Mother's Day was 83 and a half miles per hour. So really good stuff by him. And it was just nice to see a Brandon Fott good start. And now you look at this rotation. They say Zach Davies is progressing. He's still getting better. We're going to have questions with the rotation, of course. But with the way Tommy Henry's at least looking serviceable, hopefully Zach Davies could come back and give us the version we saw last year in the beginning of this season. If that's the case, then this D-back rotation does have a chance to be just fine after Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly. It just depends on the level of consistency that we get. How often can Tommy Henry give us a quality start? Can it be every third start Tommy Henry produces a quality start? Every other start, can he do it? Or at least give us like a quality five innings? Can a Brandon Fott do this more consistently? Do you keep a Ryan Nelson in the rotation? Because it feels like if Brandon Fott's going to turn a corner and pitch a little bit better like this with the way Tommy Henry is pitching, if Zach Davies does come back, I wouldn't be surprised if around Nelson moves to the bullpen or gets sent down just because of how he struggled so far this year. I don't know what's going on with Dre Jameson, if he's going to be called up anytime soon. Maybe you switch a Dre Jameson for Ryan Nelson and move one of them in the bullpen. But right now, after this series... I'm feeling pretty good with how this D-backs offense was looking, how the pitching was looking, though the starting pitching was really strong. The offense wasn't as strong in this series, but the offense was definitely clutch as we saw in Sunday's game because it was a 1-1 game for a majority of it. This was a real pitcher's duel. Brandon Fott in the bullpen of the D-backs was able to hold it down. Able to hold the Giants offense to just three hits in this game. Logan Webb was phenomenal on the Giants side, but once the bullpen came in, that's when the D-backs were able to take advantage because Christian Walker in that ninth inning was able to start it off with a walk. And then Lords Gurriel, who might be 
the clutchest player on this D-back team. I'll have to redo my clutch rankings in a month at Perdomo number one. I think I had Gurriel in my top three or four, and we know Gurriel couple weeks ago, had that game-tying home run in the ninth. We know Gurriel has had some big clutch moments for the D-backs this season, and he was able to do it once again on Mother's Day with a walk-off double down the line. That was so deep, and it took the left fielder so long to get there that Christian Walker was able to score from first base. D-backs get it done against the Giants. They take three out of four. Now the Gi- now the D-backs are five games above 500, while the Giants are six games below 500, and like we said, I thought entering the season, the D-backs were going to be better than the San Francisco Giants, of course. And now the Giants are five and a half games back of the D-backs in the standings. And the Padres are kind of falling back, kind of falling behind and falling back too, because the Padres are seven games behind the Dodgers. The D-backs are only three games behind the Dodgers. If you look at the NOS, it's kind of crazy. It feels like the Dodgers and D-backs are on a tier and level ahead of everyone else because the Padres are quietly three games below 500 as well. The time of me recording this at 4.36 p.m. on Mother's Day. So great job by the D-backs to take three out of four against the Giants. A lowly Giants team do what they need to do. Starting rotation looked really strong. And the offense was really good this series for the most part. At least you got it. At least you got some clutch offense on Mother's Day. I mean, in the rest of the games, the offense looked pretty solid as well. You got seven runs and back-to-back wins in game two and game three. And then you got the walk-off in game four to take three out of four from the Giants. And I also want to talk about Dominic Fletcher and the work he put in this series and the hot start to his rookie campaign. Before we talk about Dominic Fletcher, every team needs the right parts to win a championship. And that's the same when it comes to your hard because for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports Confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And don't forget, you can catch every D-backs, Hometown pitch on the hometown broadcast. We can download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks on the app. Now, let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss a little bit of Dominic Fletcher from this series against the San Francisco Giants because he was a real star in this series against the Giants. Dominic Fletcher was hot this series, I guess you want to say. I don't think he had any hits on Mother's Day in Sunday's game, but Dominic Fletcher put in major work. In game three of this series because Dominic Fletcher in that game three really carried the D-backs offense and really did a ton and has done a ton this whole series and season and he was two for four in that game three with five RBIs. He had a triple. He had a home run. 
At one point, you were like, is Dominic, is Dominic Fletcher going to go for the cycle? He wasn't able to get it because, of course, he didn't have the single and the double as well. But he was great in that game. And then in game two, he was three for four with four RBIs and a run scored. And so Dominic Fletcher was just a major part of this series. And also, let me not forget, in game one, Dominic Fletcher had was three for four with two RBIs as well. So Dominic Fletcher, the first three games of the series, was the best player in this D-backs team and this D-backs offense. And Mother's Day, he might have gone quiet. But Dominic Fletcher, this whole season for this D-backs team, has been really impressive and really, I guess, maybe surprising a little bit. I guess it's not surprising if you ask anybody who covers the Reno Aces and minor league baseball because Dominic Fletcher has been doing this the entire season for minor leagues, but now he's doing it on the major league level and he's doing it at a pretty high rate and he looks nasty and he looks like someone that's way more advanced like we've talked about than someone that's just a rookie right now because Dominic Fletcher has just been absolutely insane when it comes to swing the bat at the plate like if you just look at his heat zone by batting average and stuff like that like the whole middle he kills middle and away he kills middle in he kills uh up and away, down and in, he kills all that. Like the strike zone is so large for Dominic Fletcher right now. And the best pitch that Dominic Fletcher likes to see currently is the fastball because he is crushing the fastball. Entering Mother's Day, he had over a 500 batting average on the season against fastballs and also over a 500 batting average against the off speed pitch. And so he's really crushed those two pitches. And then even though he has a below 300 average against the breaking ball, his slugging is over 800, the best of any of the pitches he sees against the breaking ball. So fastball, breaking ball, off speed, it really doesn't matter. Dominic Fletcher is crushing all three right now, and he's just crushing it at the plate for this D-backs team. And for this D-backs team, it makes you wonder, like, what's the future with Dominic Fletcher? Like, it's probably too early to prognosticate what the rest of the season would mean for Fletcher if he continues to perform like this, what would mean for this D-backs team and the outfield and all that I think is still up in the air. I think a lot of that's still too early to talk about, but I just wanted to kind of highlight Dominic Fletcher in the season he's having so far. Um, Most of these numbers are from pre-Mother's Day, so this is entering Sunday's game, a lot of these numbers, but Fletcher, I mean, he's got the over 400 average. He's got like over a 1,300 OPS. He's really been great at not striking out. Below 15% strikeout rate so far in the season. You check the stat cast numbers. Exit velo around 93 miles per hour. Hard hit percentage around 45%. Like he's absolutely just crushing balls right now. He's patient at the plate to a point because he doesn't see a ton of pitches. But when it comes to contact percentage, this guy is elite. He makes contact around 92% of the time with balls within the strike zone. Contact percentage overall around 86% of the time. He doesn't swing like that often. 50% of the time he's swinging at pitches. 63% of the time he's swinging at pitches in the strike zone. So this is someone that does have good play discipline. Maybe he doesn't see a ton of pitches, but he knows which pitches he wants to swing at. And that's why he can be aggressive in these play appearances. And for Dominic Fletcher... I mean, like, if he continues to perform like this, like, what do the D-backs really do? Like, I think it's way too early to have these discussions, but why not broach the topic? Because Dominic Fletcher has been a star war so far for the D-backs this season. And what if he does have a magical season like a Jake McCarthy does? And 
<laughs> real quick, I'm looking at his measurables. Alvin Fletcher, according to baseball reference, is 5'6". Is that right? Does he look five foot six? I feel like Corbin Carroll looks five foot six. Dominic Fletcher, I feel like, doesn't look five six, one eighty five. But what do the D backs do? If Fletcher has a Jake McCarthy level magical season where Jake McCarthy was phenomenal last year, then we enter this season thinking Jake McCarthy could be one of the foundational pieces, outfielder of the future for the D backs. And so far, if that hasn't been the case, it was option to AAA. And now there's a little murkiness. You know, I think we still all love Jake McCarthy, but now it's like, okay. Maybe the season we saw last year from Jake McCarthy, maybe he's not as good as that guy. And for Dominic Fletcher, if he does put together a Jake McCarthy-level season, how much stock should we put into it? Should we now look at Dominic Fletcher as a foundational piece? Does it make guys like a Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas expendable? Because we know the D-backs were... Had the log jam last year. It's why they traded Dalton Varsho. You know what? They could still trade an outfielder because you do have a Dominic Fletcher performing like this. And if he's really that good of a hitter, does it make you want to trade a Jake McCarthy or an Alec Thomas? Lords Gurriel is arbitration eligible after this season. And then he's going to be a free agent. So maybe you want to move over to Lords Gurriel or maybe you look at him as one of your outfielders of the future. We know Corbin Carroll's not going anywhere. So it's like the D-backs have options and a lot of trade pieces. Like you could ride a Carroll, Gurriel, uh, Fletcher outfield for a couple years until the Andrew Jones gets called up. And maybe you move a Alec Thomas or Jake McCarthy, or maybe you move a Fletcher or Lords Gurriel. Like the D-backs, once again, have a log jam in the outfield when it comes to how many players they have out there. And it's always a good problem to have because guess what? You know how you cleared the most recent log jam? You traded Dalton Varsho away and you got back a Lords Gurriel who just created another log jam in the outfield, but it was a good problem because he's currently outplaying a Dalton Varsho in the outfield. And then you got back a Gabriel Moreno who has been a great catcher for the D-backs defensively and offensively. Great contact hitter. So you cleared up your log jam by adding two more rotational pieces. I don't know if you could do the same with a Jake McCarthy or an Alec Thomas or a Fletcher or Lords Gurriel if you traded one of them, but... A team like the Miami Marlins, like we've discussed, I know Peter Pratt has always lurked around the idea of Alec Thomas. Like, once again, I'll trade for one of those starting pitchers in the Marlins rotation for Alec Thomas. I think that would be really interesting. Or Jake McCarthy, because Dominic Fletcher does give me a lot of optimism that maybe he's the guy that we should keep in the outfield over a Jake McCarthy over Alec Thomas. But like I said, the sample size is way too small right now. It's way too early. I want to let the whole season play out. And then at the end of the season or after a few more months, really have a discussion of how should this outfield be stacked up? Who should be the foundational pieces and the building blocks moving forward? Should we keep a Gurriel and re-sign him? Should we keep a Dominic Fletcher and maybe move off of Alec Thomas or Jake McCarthy? Should we believe in the prospect evaluations of Alec Thomas still elite defensive center fielder should he be the one to still keep getting opportunities offensively at the plate Jake McCarthy he's shown the most of anyone from what we saw last year does he just need to get a larger opportunity on the major league level those are all questions that can be answered as we get closer to the end of the season with a larger sample size but I just want to highlight Dominic Fletcher and the season he's putting together because he just had a phenomenal series against the San Francisco Giants where he looked like the best offensive player for either team through the first three games of the series and I'm in I'm just so excited with what he's doing and before the season I think I did say in the preseason the D-backs were going to have multiple rookies finish in the top five of the rookie of the year voting and at the time I had Corbin Carroll locked in I probably thought it was going to be Dre Jameson or Ryan Nelson but guess what maybe it's a Dominic Fletcher there's still time for Brandon Fott like the D-backs have so much young talent so many rookies going right now like 
there could be multiple guys with Corbin Carroll in that top five of the rookie of the year voting. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Dominic Fletcher joining Carroll as one of the finalists. Now, I want to talk about this next series against the Oakland A's. But don't forget, you can catch every D-backs hometown pitch on the hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. talk about that series against the Oakland A's because the D-backs next six games are against some interesting competition. You got the Oakland A's who are probably the worst team in baseball. Then you got the Pittsburgh Pirates after that who are starting to come down to earth a little bit. Then the Phillies. But let's really focus on the Oakland A's. I don't want to look too far ahead because then I'm like to end the rest of the month. You got A's, Pirates, Phillies, Red Sox, Rockies. Those are interesting teams coming up. Those are like good teams some of them like the Red Sox is a good team the Pirates and Phillies are good teams but they're not elite teams and then the Rockies and A's are just straight up bad but let's talk about the A's first and how bad they are because the A's are quite literally one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball they are 9 and 32 in our last place in the AL West and this is a series I mean, we've talked about it a few times this year where if you're the D-backs, if you're a true playoff contender and you're serious about competing this year, then this is one of those series against a lowly team where you have to take care of business. And that sentiment is true again for this series and maybe none truer than this series because the Oakland A's are bad. They are a bad, bad team. Their fans do not go to games. That's why the Oakland A's are moving. The Oakland A's fans do not even want to watch their own product. This is one of the worst teams in baseball. And if you look at their lineup, like there's one guy you should probably be scared of. That is Brent Rooker. I do not know who he is. He's having a breakout season. He's coming out of nowhere. He has 11 home runs in his first 34 games, over 300 average. He's leading the AL, I think, in slugging, over 1,000 OPS. He's phenomenal so far for the Oakland A's this year. You need to comp him down. Yesterday, <laughs> Ruiz, he's not that good offensively, can bat around 280. But he's chaotic on the bases, almost 20 stolen bases on the year already. Going to have to make sure he doesn't wreak havoc on the bases. And then the last guy you probably got to worry about in the lineup is Ryan Nada with over 800 OPS. Outside of those three, there's not really too much you have to worry about in the lineup. And if you could, if you could contain those three players in this Oakland A's lineup, you should be okay. The Oakland A's are third. They score the third fewest runs in the American League. They are around league average when it comes to home runs. They are quick. They're second in stolen bases in the American League. That's where you have to watch them. But they're pretty much, in terms of run scoring, they're one of the three worst teams. And a lot of the other offensive stats tells you, like, they're not awful. They're, like, around league average or slightly below league average. And the offense is not something you have to worry about too much with the Oakland A's. You just don't want to get caught because they can wreak havoc for you on the bases. So you don't want to put them... You don't want to walk these Oakland A's hitters because they can't take advantage from you in that scenario. But outside of that, I wouldn't really worry about this Oakland A's offense. And for this D-backs team, it's their offense that really needs to take advantage of this Oakland A's pitching. Because the Oakland A's pitching is the worst in the American League. If you look at ERA, 
The second worst ERA in the American League is the White Sox at 5.54. The Oakland A's are at 7.2 for a team ERA, the worst in the American League. You look at strikeouts, third fewest in the American League. You look at what was the other side I want to look at? You look at home runs allowed. They are number one in home runs allowed. You look at hit by pitch, number one in hit by pitch. You look at wild pitches, number one in wild pitches. You look at whip. They are worst in whip in the American League. This pitching staff is not good for the Oakland A's, and it's not good from the starters. It's not good for the bullpen because you look at quality star percentage, second worst in the American League among all starters is the Oakland A's. And then you look at the bullpen. You try to look at saves. And the Oakland A's bullpen is not good in that scenario either. Worst save percentage in the American League, which is not surprising when you, when you only have nine wins on the year. But they're also the fourth worst team in inherited score percent. So 44% of the time when the bullpen comes in and there's runners on, 44% of the time, those runners are going to score fourth worst rate in the American League. This Oakland A's team is not good at all. And the and the D-backs, like we said, if they are serious about competing and taking this season seriously, this is a series where I want to see a sweep. I don't want to take two out of three. I want a sweep. And, of course, that's hard to do. It's not always easy to sweep. There's going to be a lot of series throughout the year where a good team loses to the bad team. But against the Oakland A's, the worst team in Major League Baseball, 20-plus games under 500. This is a series where you have to take advantage. And there's some D-back players that I want to get right and back on track with this series. One is Corbin Carroll, who entering Sunday's game against, and maybe I should just pull up Sunday's game, the box score against the Giants, so I can do a little math for you guys on the fly at the same time. But Entering Sunday's game against the San Francisco Giants, Corbin Carroll wasn't that good. And on Sunday, he was 0 for 3. So let me do some quick math. Entering Sunday's game, Corbin Carroll was 2 for his last 22. So counting Mother's Day, he's now 2 for his last 25. And so against this Oakland A's team with terrible pitching, I want to see Corbin Carroll get better. Geraldo Perdomo, let me see what he did on Mother's Day. Geraldo Perdomo was 0 for 3 as well. So now Perdomo is now one for his last 17. I want to see him get going. And then Christian Walker, who on Sunday was 0 for 1. He is now three for his last 21. So those three guys are three guys I want to see get back on track. Perdomo in my latest clutch rankings, Adam ranked number one because of how good he was this year at runner's scoring position. He's starting to come down a little bit. Want to see him get back on track against Oakland. Corbin Carroll, the best rookie in all of Major League Baseball, has been struggling ever since he came back from injury. And so I want to see him get back on track against his lowly Oakland A's team. Then Christian Walker, who just a week and a half ago was the hottest player in this D-backs lineup, started to cool off a little bit over his last week or so. So I want to see Christian Walker hit some big nukes against this Oakland A's team who gives up the most home runs in Major League Baseball. Want to see a nuke from a Christian Walker and just want to see some more nukes overall from this D-backs team because quietly, it's not like the D-backs team have a ton of home runs, I want to say. Um, let me actually see if I could look up real quick 
where the D-backs rank in the National League in home runs as a team. So entering Mother's Day, the D-backs were actually slightly below league average in home runs as a team, 42 home runs as a team. So I want to see the D-backs actually hit a few more home runs against this Oakland A's team. They don't have a ton as a team, as I just mentioned, but you got a whole bunch of guys with a handful, right? Walker has nine, Marte has five, Gurriel has five, Carroll has five. Longoria has five. Let's get some weird ones this week against the Oakland A's. Let's get a Perdomo home run, who has two on the year. Josh Roas has yet to hit a home run on the season. Let's get him a home run. Moreno only has one home run on the year. Let's get him a home run. Let's get wacky with the power. Get the offense going. Some of those guys that are struggling, get them back on track. And don't let this Oakland A's team do anything stupid to beat you in this series. They are middle of the pack at best and most offensive statistics, and they are the third worst scoring team in Major League, well, in the American League, and by far the worst pitching staff in the American League. So with that combination, this team should not do anything against the D-backs team that's five games above 500 and is looking sit and is looking pretty in the standings. D-backs need to take care of business and not play with their food in this one. Now, that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage insights. Should be talking to Sully Baseball of Lockdown MLB tomorrow. It's his birthday today, so please wish Sully Baseball a happy birthday. It was on Mother's Day at the time of you guys listening to this podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Put hashtag everydayer on the Lockdown Diamondbacks YouTube channel in the comments if you listen every day. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.